welcome, welcome, welcome to the John Ivory Light Podcast, a show all about movies, TV, and why we love entertainment. This is episode number 20. I am one of your hosts, one of the creators and hosts of the show, Doug Jones. With me, as always, are my esteemed and best co-hosts I can ever ask for, starting with Mr. Nick Johnson. How are you, my good sir? Doing good, man. Blessed and chilling. Second up, it was his birthday yesterday, everybody. The one, the only, Mr. Joel Kindlin. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm getting old as shit. <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good as always. He can finally apply for his senior, di- senior citizen discount, guys. It's finally happening. Um, <laughs> start having you guys wheel me around and open doors for me. Fucking hey, respect your elders, you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put you in a wheelchair, wheel you around the, the airport for you. Get, we get, get priority seating, so we're good. <laughs> yes. Say less, Grandpa. We got you. <laughs> Good, good, good. <laughs> last, last but not least, one of the founding fathers and creators of the show. He's back, everybody. Mr. Moses Lai. Welcome back, good sir. Hey, welcome back. It's always good to be back. You know, I'm ready to go. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. Another day. Um, you know, yeah. Well, we're glad you're back, man. This is a very special episode. Um, before, but before, guys, as always, a little housekeeping. Uh, you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform of choice. We also just launched our show on YouTube. We have the full audio on YouTube, so check out our, our YouTube channel, which is Midway Avenue Productions. As always, guys, too, our social media handles are Instagram and uh, TikTok, which is also at Midway Avenue Productions. Um, while, you're at, while you're there, guys, at the, the social media or podcast page, hit that follow button, leave a review. Rating helps us out so much. As always, guys, thank you so much for your support. But before we get into our review tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Moses, you're back, my friend, and you're actually closer to any of the action than we are right now. What can you tell us about LA right now and the writer strike, potential uh, actor strike? What have you been dealing with? What have you been kind of seeing uh, being close to the situation, closer than we are? Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, um, you know there, every, every studio, <clears throat> Every studio that you will basically want to, you see, you will literally see WGA, and you know you'll basically see writer strike happening in every single, you know, studio in LA. If that's Sony, if that's Warner Brothers, you know, if that's you know Disney, it doesn't matter. A strike is basically happening. Um, you know, including Netflix too as well. You know, it's 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 crazy. Um, you know, um, and uh, you know, I might. I might literally, depending on what happens tomorrow because of the SAG, they might go on strike really, really soon. Um, you know, um, if they go on strike, you know, well, Hollywood is completely shut down. You know, if SAG literally goes on strike, it's completely like, there's like no more filming, like done. You know, even press is your, you know, there's no press. Actors can't do any press. So, you know, that's how, you know, uh, crazy it is you know, right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, when it comes down to the big giant, you know, studios and, you know, uh, uh, you know, CEOs of these companies and everything like that, you know, um, you know, uh, they, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of, uh, I don't know. They're, they're kind of basically, you know, putting white writers, you know, to the side a little bit as if that, you know, as if they're not as like, as not important, you know, and everything, which is uh, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, it's pretty wild to be here. 
you know, and um, yeah, le legit, you know, if that happens, well, you know, your buddy here, Moses, won't be able to, you know, get a gig, basically, get a job. Um, uh, and uh, but, you know, lucky enough, I'm hoping things change, of course. Um, but yeah, that's what's basically happening right now at the moment. You know, uh, SAG is literally like going to strike if they don't get a deal by 11.59 tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow night, 11.59 uh, p.m. If they don't get a deal, well, Hollywood is completely shut down. You know, there's no filming. There's nothing, you know, nothing at all. So what are the so from what you've heard? I mean, I've heard some things from you know my work, also other podcasts mm -hmm. I've listened to. What are you know, I saw things on some articles on I me, mean, Hollywood Reporter and Variety the, the past week. Yeah. Do you, what are, I know the, I know what the writers are fighting for, which is, again, it's the AI, it's the residuals on streaming services. And um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, we all called the streaming service thing years ago. I think all four of us did have like, it's not, it's not going to hold up as well. The theatrical still needs to be the you know, main front. Yeah. Um, but with, with that said, I'm like, what do you, what are, from what you've heard, what you've seen, what are the chances, again, estimate obviously, what are the chances that SAG does approve the strike and they're going on strike? What do you think is going to, high chance, pop, probably, maybe, or most likely? I mean, what do you think from what you've heard? So, I mean, what, what, what it is and everything like that. So it's basically like, it's already like, you know, like they've already been approved to, to go on strike if a deal doesn't happen. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the way it is. You know, they made this deal a while ago, I think a couple, I think a month ago or so they have made the deal like, Hey, we're going to go on strike. If we don't get a deal by, you know, by, uh, by the 30th of June, you know what I mean? Um, and, um, and yeah, you know, you have SAG, which of course is in support of the writer, you know, uh, of, of the, you know, the BGA and everything. But what's crazy, what's is, you know, like kind of will kind of suck, you know, if let's say SAG, right, does get a, a deal and everything like that. Well, man, that they, that, that puts uh, the, D, the WGA in a very sort of like a tough position and everything, you know, that now they're the only, you know, um, you know, now they're the only sort of like uh, uh, people that are in strike and everything like that. And, you know, that are that are not getting the deal that they want, you know, like they like, you know, like like we heard, you know, this thing might go all the way until what, you know, uh, on the other end of the summer, basically, you know, the, the writer GG, uh, the WGA, if they don't basically get a deal. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's um, it's it's, you know, they say it's. It's tough out here for a pimp, but it's hard out here for a writer. So <laughs> that's great, dude. Actually, I love that. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's um it's pretty wild. Yeah, man. I know the I know the DGA got their approval. Got their they they're fine with their contracts. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, I mean, I know some. I, I know some things from you know, reading the articles and hearing the podcast this week, but. I mean, if, I, if I'm wrong, please, please correct me. Is are the actors fighting for the AI stuff? Because I know the AI was a big thing for the writers. Are the actors fighting the same thing? Is that what they're kind of like fighting for? Because you know, AI is now is a huge thing with everything: television, um, filmmaking, you know, music, content creation is a big thing now. 
So do you know what the what the actors are striking for? You know, like more. You know, kind of like is it AI? Is it AI thing? Is it like I, I mean, conditions? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure because I didn't exactly you know read up on so much on that. But I think it's you know it's 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 mainly the same thing. You know, okay. uh, when it comes down to you know um, a, a a better wage, of course. You know, for even like the lowest you know uh, SAG SAG member, you know, and everything like that, it's better wage for better like you know pay rate right pay rate you know in general you know for that um and of course you know residuals too as well you know they they want the residuals check and everything like that you know because it's like hey i am part of that film and i'm part of that you know uh i am part of that tv show i should be getting a certain amount from it you know what i mean my face is in is in that project you know what i mean is in that you know uh yeah. film so um, I think it's basically that when it comes down to AI, I'm not exactly too sure. I'm not exactly what SAG would be fighting for, you know, when it comes down to AI, because it's, you know, you are a actor you're performing what's given to you on the page. You know, it's not like AI is, you know, generating a, you know, generating a, you know, uh, what should we call it? A robot actor or whatever that is. I'm not exactly too sure. So, you know, like, please take my word for granted, so whatever that is. So, I'm not too sure if they're, if, if you know, if the if the SAG are fighting anything that has to do with AI. But I know everybody else is, though. You know, so yeah, um, writers are for sure are fighting for that because it's true. You know, you got ChatGPT. You know, literally creating. You know, the uh, the new Lord of the Rings movie in three seconds. You know what I mean. <laughs> Um, and it's like, you know, but the, but the ups, but the you know downside of you know ChatGPT is that you know it's creating this right thing, but yeah. you know there's not really any. Um, you, you still gotta have a writer to put the missing puzzle of missing pieces yeah. of that, you know of the of that puzzle that ChatGPT you know wrote or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, you know, um, but yeah, but that overall though, you know. If they do decide to use, you know, AI, the studio decide to do AI, that would basically decrease uh, the writers that they would basically need to have in this writers' room, you know, because ChatGPT basically did a chunk of the work. All they need is like one writer to basically finish it off and you know be done. But, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Weird times. <laughs> yeah, no, it is weird times, and. I know. Well, for our, again, for our listeners, I'm going to just explain this real quick. Um, basically, what recently with the writers too is that um, you know back in the day before streaming, before you know we had Netflix and you know Paramount Plus, Hulu, Peacock, HBO. Now it's Max. Sorry, everything now. Um, back in the day, it was if you were on a network, which is again Comedy Central, NBC, ABC, the main Fox, whatever, the main, CBS, one of the main channels. If your show was kind of re-airing or it was kind of like you know on a syndication, which is kind of meaning that like it's you know playing out of order, just kind of playing on, like, background. Like, The Office is a good example on, like, Comedy Central or TBS, whatever. Um, mm. These shows these shows and movies, whatever, would do this and that. Um, um, uh, but the thing is, though, is that once streaming, once things move to streaming, it was kind of like, well, they're going to be, people, people will pay, well, consumers will pay to be on, to, 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 have, to have access to Netflix and to Hulu mm-hmm. and Peacock, whatever. And I know, again, we've always saying this since in college, so this, you know, years ago, it was that, it's it wasn't sustainable to begin with because what they're doing too is now I believe is that they're they're trying to do this they're paying these studios like Netflix especially are paying 
their actors and creators up front with no back end or no kind of residuals because again if you're doing it theatrically or on a on a network it's advertisements it's commercials it's you know partnerships whatever and then in movies obviously it's okay cool we have a movie coming out called called the avengers whatever like downey jr he got paid up front but he got a residual bay off of that because sorry um back end or whatever because it was all box off a performance box office you know whatever overseas box, international domestic whatever he had a portion of that and so like yeah. a few years ago a few years ago with carl, carl johansson exactly with black widow because they were like cool disney plus but then they just then they cut they cut her back end yeah, back exactly. The contract says again this is before COVID too. It was she's gonna get a part of the box office, both domestic and internationally, because that's part of the deal. Yeah. And then streaming goes well, no, because there is no residual. There, I mean, yeah, alpha, you know, people, people, us, the consumers are paying for streaming services or whatever, but there is no kind of like residuals or back end deals because streaming services it's a flat free flat flat fee for our our consumers. Boom, yeah. that's it. And look again, look at Netflix a year ago. Netflix was. I was at Netflix for a week and that happened, um, but it's yeah. it's yeah. the thing of like how literally it was like they're spending so much money on budgets and all this stuff, whatever, and they weren't making any money back. And they were sort of experimenting with movies in theaters. I know me and Nick saw um, we saw uh, Army of the Dead when it came out for a week and it would get pulled immediately because Netflix, I know, we're still streaming first. And then mm. they kind of tested it more with stuff like The Gray Man and Glass Onion. And Glass Onion made a lot of made a lot of money despite how small of a release it was. Yeah. But Netflix, Netflix goes, now nah, we tried it, we're good. And it's like, well, but you saw you saw you saw a good result out of out of um Glass Onion. Yeah. Just you you use that use that structure and they go, no, we're good. And this is why I give Apple TV Plus a lot of props for. What they're doing is for their movies, they're gonna be well, guess what, guys? We're gonna be partnering with the studio. So um, the next uh, Leo DiCaprio movie, A Kills of the Flower Moon, that'll be partnered with Paramount Pictures distribution-wise, and they'll be at Apple TV, whatever, how many days later. That's smart because you're giving the full-on theatrical release. You'll probably get actors Leo Leo for sure. De Niro probably got their back end for sure of this movie, and they're part and they're partnering. Uh, you know, um, the next Ridley Scott movie, Napoleon with Joaquin Phoenix. Tony Pictures has that movie for theater-wise, and that's for theatrical-wise. So that's smart that you're partnering with these studios because you're making money both in the theaters, mm-hmm. box office then, and then after, I don't know how many days now, 45 days, 90 days, whatever, it goes yeah. off, off the theaters into Apple TV. Boom. Mm-hmm. People who want Apple TV, they can sign up for it. Oh, they already have it. Great. We can watch it. And that's definitely the smart move of partnering with a studio, partnering with a big production company, and mm-hmm. having kind of a win-win. It's, and that's smart. I don't get why Netflix can't do that. I do think that HB, I'm sorry, Max and Warner Brothers are now saying we're not going to be investing in these big budget movies or movies just for television because there is no there is no return. We're, and again, I people are like, oh it's fuck insane. that, it's stupid. No, it's kind of smart because then you're gonna be you're gonna be paying. Your, I think you're gonna be paying your employees, your your cast and crew, whatever, fairly because. When you have when you have a I think more of a theatrical release movie, you have more insurance. I think you have more coverage to pay your crash and crew and mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, you bonuses whatever doesn't do well. Different different story, but you know it's it's a very tricky, very kind of tricky situation because streaming service was not. I don't think it was this. I think I don't think it was built to not last as long, but it wasn't. It wasn't developed fully enough to be like, guess what, guys? We're gonna have this for a while, and here's our strategy. And I don't think it was conceived well enough, like far out enough. It was kind of like, cool, 
it was a current thing, current thing, current thing. Obviously, during COVID too, it was kind of like the savior because it was like theaters are closed. You know, we have movie on Disney Plus, Paramount, whatever, uh, HBO Max, everything. And also, again, look, but look, HBO Max, Apple, WB said we're gonna put all our movies, guys, on the theaters and day to day on HBO Max. What the fuck were yeah. y'all thinking? Because that, that, that cost you guys so much money, and you broke oh, so many contracts, whether it was Will Smith, yeah. Gal Gadot, whatever, it, um, uh, James Gunn. Chris um, Nolan got pissed about it. He left Universal. It's You're hurting the reputation of yourself, but also, what's, again, if it's in the contract, it's in the contract. you gotta, you got to honor the contract. If you put the contract up saying, hey, listen, guess what? It's, it's box up. It's, it's returns on this and that. Follow that. So like I said, too, it's I don't think... These studios and these, you know, streaming services were not did not plan accordingly because times have changed, and also now they, it wasn't it wasn't like conceived fall off in the future of like it's going to be this for, for forever, and it wasn't. Things change, and you know, the economy yeah. changes, inflation, whatever. It's a lot of things change, so I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with yeah, the writers. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I have something to basically you know add on top on top of that a little bit and everything like that. You know, I mean, one of the things. Um, you know, with the with the streaming service and everything like that, if if Netflix, you know, let's say like Netflix, right? You know, if they are planning to just have their films, you know, on uh, one of the one thing that the Academy just did, the Academy Awards and everything like that, they just did is that you know they um, they basically put in a new rule to where hey, now if you if your film wants to be considered in the academy in the awards and everything like that as a contender it has to be out for a certain length of time yeah. and also you know in, in 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 certain cities in certain cities uh you know in in the u.s you know or whatever you know what i mean it yeah. can't just be out for one day you know out in theaters you know in a little in a little small town you know somewhere that nobody knows about and it's like oh there you go our film was in theaters boom now we have the ability to have our film be nominated, you know, it, it's not going to work like that, you know? Um, and, um, and, you know, Netflix is going to realize that. And of course they might, they will potentially change their mind and everything like that. You know, all of these streaming services are going to change their mind, you know, you uh, with Apple, like you said, you know, they're, they're smart. You know, one thing, one thing that's, that they have, that's great about them is that they're a, they are a trillion dollar company. They can use yep. whatever money they want, you know, to do whatever they want, you know, and, um, you know, Netflix is, you know, they're going to understand at a certain point that they need their films, their films in theater, in yep. theater. They're going to need their films in theater, you know, or else they're just going to, you know, not lose any money. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I heard this thing to where somebody had said, you know, your films are more valuable if they are released in theaters and then to your streaming service platform. Exactly. You know what I mean? If that, that's exactly. just also me as well because I look at it towards like, you know, um, I look at it towards like if if I don't really get excited so much when I'm watching a streaming movie than a than than you know than a. Uh, a movie that's out in theater. I'm super excited if a movie's out in theater than I am that, that I am if it's out like on a streaming platform because it's like it, part of me feels like there's no there's not yeah, there's no value there. I don't know. You know, no. as a consumer, it's like you feel like you feel like there's no value there. But for a movie that's out in theater, it's like oh my god, it's big. It's in theaters. It's it's grand, right? No. So, um, but 
you know, they're gonna realize that soon, soon enough, and they're gonna put their films out on theaters for sure. They have to. That's why you know, I gave you know I gave um, Amazon a lot of props for doing what they did with Air. That was a very smart move on their part. They gave the Air. So in the past too, Amazon used to put out movies kind of like here and there in theaters. Like the Big Sick was a good example. Like they put out in theaters here and there, uh, like a week or so, whatever. But it was a very limited release. And with Air, which was very smart on their part, they said we're going to give Air. Our first movie they're going to give is they're going to give the movie Air, which is Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. They gave that movie a full, wide, and I repeat, wide theatrical release. And said, we're, we're, we're a 45-day window. We're going to put it in all major markets. Am, uh, Apple, uh, sorry, Apple, uh, AMC, Regal, Cinemark, whatever's open now. Um, Harkins, um, er, er, everything. And that was so smart. It was like, um, it was smart because they believed in the movie, but they believed in theatrical too. Because like, like you said too, Moses, like, like Apple... Fucking Amazon is a billion dollar, trillion dollar company that has shopping, music, everything. Apple has devices, streaming as well, too, but they have like computers. They are they aren't a move studio first, a pressure company first. They are a comp they're a marketplace company first. And that Dude. was very that was very smart on on both app both Apple and Amazon for gate. We're gonna give our movies a full theatrical uh chance. I think when Netflix if you say too, Moses, Netflix isn't a company like that. They're a technology company that has streaming services that also is a movie studio, but they're not bringing money in like how Apple is and how, and how Amazon is, um, you know, Warner brothers is a theatrical studio. They have a streaming service, but they have money coming in through Warner media discovery, other, 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 um, you know, other, uh, sources of income. So it's, it's, I think definitely that they need to rewrite their contracts. I think accordingly, just yeah. because just because times are changing and you can't bank on these $200 million plus movies beyond streaming services. And that's it because then you're hurting potential box office residuals and backends. Another thing too, exactly too, is this, you know, back in the day before streaming services too, actors used to get a great interview. I think it was Matt Damon was on Hot Ones, whatever. And he's yeah. talking about the importance of DVDs and Blu-rays, how back in the day yeah. they used to get back end residuals off of DVDs, whether it was from Walmart, Kmart, Best Buy, yeah. Circuit City, whatever, Fries, whatever. And they used to get they used to get results off that thanks to strip but due to streaming services, physical media still sells like DVDs for sure. Still sell I still buy movies every day basically. But mm-hmm. that is not a that that is not a kind of like gold mine anymore. It's gone because more pe- more and more people, thanks to technology, you know, t- smart TVs, 4K TVs, iPads, iPhones, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's become more accessible to get a five dollar streaming service every month or ten dollar streaming service, how much it is. And mm-hmm. that money goes to this goes to Netflix and not to their actors. So I think what's yeah. fair is fair for sure. I think the yeah. writers are the same thing. We all know as writers, as well, writers ourselves, we know how important it is to be, you know, paid paid fairly. So I, I do think the right ones is if 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 the SAG proves the sorry the SAG goes on strike, Hollywood's shut down, and that kind of sucks because we just got out of the pandemic, and now now we're going back into a kind of shut down state of entertainment. So. And, uh, I, I would, one thing, one thing to add, you know, to, to what you were saying, everything like that, you know, about, you know, about the DVDs and how they're able to make, you know, money during that time and everything like that. You know, I have one note to say, you know, uh, about like the box office, where about putting movies in theaters and everything like that, you know, which is yeah. like in terms of bonuses, in terms mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. let, let, let's, for one example, right, Avatar. In terms of bonus for these actors and, and for the writers, you know how much money they, they they probably have 
like these actors, they probably don't need to work a day in their life. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Ever. For just from the bonuses, you know, no. that they got. You know, one, well, I think one person told me that uh, one of the actors in the first Avatar, you know, um, from the first Avatar movie and everything like that, um, you know, I think somebody told me that he didn't, he didn't have to work like another like TV show or movie. Like, again, just because of the bonuses that he was able to receive and everything like that, which is crazy, you know. But crazy. yeah, you know, these companies and everything like that, the streaming service got to understand that, yo. You know, you will be helping out so much of your actors and everything like that. Put it out in theaters. If you make enough money from it and everything like that, boom, you have these bonuses that they're able to receive. You know, so, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's the rest of the input. That's, that's all the input that I basically have about that. No, so. thank you, Dion. Thank you. You're the one closer to, you're, you're now LA, so you're closer to the ground than we are. But I know I'm hearing through, you know, my work. And they're, you know, they're, all, they're all in LA. I'm hearing through other podcasts. Another thing, another thing too, is that this is kind of like my willing before I'll go, is that you know with streaming services too, it's it's kind of again this is my kind of just like quick little thing before we move on, is that if a streaming service is not doing too well, which again Disney Plus had a really bad quarter, I don't think I don't think it's fair to punish the consumer for oh we had a bad quarter let's let's charge the consumer more because you know yeah. at the end of the day it's like you know with yeah. inflation and yeah. because, you know people can't buy houses as much anymore yeah it's we're, we're in a very, gas prices are still at a still at a high we're still down a little bit still at a high i don't think they should they shouldn't they should not hurt the consumer if the consumer is really a fair consumer they're paying their they're paying their pills every month whatever and again netflix had a really bad quote they go we're gonna bump our prices up whatever great yeah. and disney plus is doing that now too other, other, other companies are doing it too. I just think it's kind of unfair to the consumer that you're going to be raising the prices because you had a bad quarter. But yeah, don't you exactly. want more, more people to like hop on? So you shouldn't raise the prices. You want to you want to keep the prices exactly. at, 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 at a steady or at a at a decent low, so you have more people kind of hop beyond. Because again, with between again groceries and gas and prices nowadays and, and you know interest rates or whatever insurance, it's people have to pick and choose wisely. So if it's really important to you, they'll definitely pay for it. However, I do think that. It's kind of fair to hurt to, to hurt the consumer by raising prices because you had a bad quarter. That should have been more of you, like, hey, you know what? We had a bad quarter. Let's reevaluate what we should do for next budget for our next things. But by raising the prices on for your consumer is kind of like, all right, guys, it is what it is. Wink, wink. It's like a shitty thing to say. And I'll get off my high horse of that, but that's how I kind of feel about it. You know, the past couple of years of yeah, raising prices. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, guys. So if you're following the sh- strike, to our writer friends, actor friends, best of luck. Uh, you know, be safe if you're striking. Please be safe. Uh, we're again, we're hold, hold on the line. You know, stick with it. Uh, but anyway, guys. Next up is our review of our episode, and I want to thank our good friends at KTR News, AZ Sports, as well as College Times for inviting Nick and I to a very, very special screening of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. This what this is. Harrison Ford's last time as the beloved hero Indy. I think it was now forty over forty years now. He's been playing Indiana Jones, and I I was calling his kind of victory lap of all his kind of like his characters. Now he's done. Now he's done with uh, Han Solo. He's done with Rick Deckard at Blade Runner. Now he's closing up uh, Indy. And um, again, I, Harrison Ford is an icon. You know, he's over eighty years old. God bless him. Uh, he's been doing this for you know forever. He's truly an icon. So. 
I was very excited that we got the invite the other day. Nick, Nick and I were like, we're, we're going. We're, seeing, we're going to see this early screening. We're going to go to a baseball screening to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, but Nick, my friend, we saw it last night. Still fresh in our minds. What did you think of Harrison Ford's last outing as Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Tell you what, man, I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I heard some not so good reviews for it like before yeah. i seen it and so i kind of had that in my head while i was watching it but as the movie's going because people were saying um apparently it was worse than kingdom of the crystal skull so i was like dang uh-huh. no, i like really really got to see this movie and again i'm not going to spoil anything but at least in my opinion it was definitely better than kingdom of the crystal skull um yeah. it was like a great kind of last uh hurrah for the character there's fun callbacks um the music by john williams was amazing the story overall was it was really really good really um it kept me engaged and the opening sequence you know because there's some some de-aging it was really really fun and it kept me engaged and it kept me on the edge of my seat uh the only thing i would maybe tweak about it would just be the ending really i feel like some of the character motivations they felt a little bit rushed. The ending, it kind of wrapped up a little bit quick for me because uh, some stuff was going on and I'm like, I don't know, man. It seems like y'all kind of just breeze past that. And um, but I don't know, maybe that's just me because I like it when when stories like really, really get into like the nitty gritty of what's going on. Um, I probably would have added like maybe 20, 30 minutes onto it. Um, James Mangold, the director, he did his thing with it. Um yeah, uh, that's all I'm going to say for right now, because, again, like it's, it's tough for me to talk about movies that I enjoy a lot without spoiling it. But <laughs> it was it was a really, really good time. It was it was really fun. And I had even like started rewatching um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark the other day. Oh, good. So it's, it's amazing, man. And so uh, uh, the Dial of Destiny, great film. I would definitely recommend it. Um, and yeah, it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you you know why I always forget that's in uh, Raiders is fucking Alfred Molina in the beginning scene. I always forget yeah. Alfred Molina, dude. That's Doc Ock himself, and I'm like, you're right. He's he's in this movie. I always forget that he's <laughs> he's in the beginning <laughs> of Raiders, man. It's crazy. Um, yeah, sorry, you're right, Nick. Yeah, sorry to our listeners. Too, this is gonna be a non again. We do always do a non spoiler uh, discussion uh, for our reviews for a new movie that just came out. We do we did last week for the Flash. We kind of tiptoed around the the spoiler section. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, yeah, man. So again, so last night, it was, it was, as you know, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. This is one of my favorite franchises. It's a big part of my childhood. Hence the name Jones. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> it's oh a family, my gosh. It's, a, it's a family. It's a family affair. Um, the family reunion. Um, yeah, man. So for, starting with my pros, man. I Harrison Ford kills it, man. Like I said, this is kind of his, mm-hmm. final, his victory lap of all his franchises. You know, he's closing out the door on against it on Star Wars, Blade Runner, and now Indy. Um, he kills it. I mean, he kills it. I mean, you you can see in the movie like he's really he's really giving his all. And you're like, man, good for Harrison Ford because I feel like you know when you get to a certain age and he's in his 80s, they're kind of like, yeah, it is what I'm doing one more. But I do think with Han Solo and with Deckard and Blade Runner and now with this. He really is closing it out on a high note. Like he's he's really getting his performance. Like he's not phoning it in whatsoever. I thought again, I, again, he's an icon, so I'm glad that he's not like, like taking this seriously and ending with that mm-hmm. ending of the high note for sure. Um, and something yesterday in our out of theater reaction that we posted on our YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, our socials was that you're right. The de aging looks really good, and we've seen a lot of de aging in the past couple of years. I thought it looked the best on this. 
I don't know what they did differently, but it looks very crisp and it looks very believable. Where it's like, you know, everything looks kind of looks proper. It doesn't look too animated. It looked fantastic. And watching the beginning scene with, again, with, again the, the flashback sequence, which is awesome. You're right. It's like, wow, this is really good de aging. Again, for a three hundred million, three hundred million dollar plus movie, the de aging better look good. Because if you had a this budget kind of a movie and the de aging looks pretty shit. Y'all do something wrong. Y'all deserve to get fired. Yeah, it's um, like, put that money, bro. Yeah, not in craft services for sure. Um, <laughs> I'll be right. I think the opening scene really was fantastic. You know, I think all Indiana Jones movies has they have fantastic scenes. I mean, Crystal Skull. I give that. Give it this. I did like the warehouse scene in Crystal Skull where you're like the the nuke. I mean, hard to believe that he started a nu- nuclear missile in a refrigerator in mm-hmm. the in the fifties. You know, come on now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it, it should have been nothing but Indiana Jones soup in that fridge, boy. Yeah, literally, dude, this liquid is melting out of the fridge. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think every Indiana Jones movie has a really good opening scene. This one was awesome. I think it definitely kind of captured the magic of Indiana Jones right mm-hmm. away. Great chase scene. Kinda, kinda, for sure, it's up the mood to the movie, too. Like, when you see what's going on, you're like, hey, got the mood of the movie. It's a flashback, but it sets the mood for the entire movie, for sure. Um, again, James Bangle, man, I love this guy, man, from uh, Logan, uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, Three Hundred Yuma remake, he walked the line, this guy really knows how to make fantastic movies, like, really, he's a good storyteller, I mean, I fucking loved Logan so much, and I loved uh, Ford vs. Ferrari a lot, too, just he knows how to get good film, good storytelling with great performance from his lead actors, and it's brilliant, if you ask me, um, and you know, and you know what too? Again, awesome chase sequences throughout the entire movie for sure. Indiana Jones, um, Indiana Jones, uh, like without a doubt, it's for sure. It feels like a movie. It doesn't feel like oh, it's kind of like a ripoff. No, it's like, for sure like an Indiana Jones movie without a doubt. Yeah, man, John Williams' score is fucking brilliant. It's masterful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I had goosebumps almost the entire time you heard that dun, 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 uh, sound, and I was just like getting goosebumps, goosebumps. Like this is so. Again, I think this is. I could be wrong. Don't quote me, but I think this was his last composing movie i believe oh wow I, I could be wrong but good for him for ending with indiana jones i mean that's awesome he, he has a beautiful legacy from all these kind of movies from harry potter from star wars to jaws i mean he's a fucking legend so th- th- this was it for him good for him man it was a beautiful score I, again i was smiling ear and ear hearing that's hearing the new music it was very indie like the entire time um it's a, for sure a bit of a tribute to his career it's all the indie movies um I do. I will say this though. Before I get into my cons, I do think the first half, I was like, in. I'm like, oh, this is great. The first half, I'm sold. This is an indie movie through and through. I'm loving it. But I do feel like when they got to Egypt, I think it was Egypt, right? When they go to like the the bazaar, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, with, with you know who, I was like, okay, like, uh, I'm still into this. That funny scene in the trailer where like he goes, get back with the whip, goes. Whoosh. Get back, yeah, get yeah. back. And all, all the guns get pointed out his ass and they fucking like shoot him. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. I saw the trailer, but still funny. But around, again, good chase sequence in Egypt, but it was kind of losing me a bit. And I do feel like once we get the third act, it was like when they go to the, uh, the the caves and they're trying to like figure out like part of the dial or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. I, I'm back into this now. This feels like an Indiana Jones movie. We're like Raiders feel to it for sure. The you know, discovery, like the hidden secrets of it all. I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'm back into this. Um, great production design. I'll tell you what, again, huge budget like this, $300 million plus movie. The budget, the production design is fantastic. I think with any kind of Lucasfilm, despite my, you know, complaints with Kathleen Kennedy and the company itself, I do feel like production design in this movie was phenomenal. I truly, truly think they just, it looked, it looked gorgeous. The cinematography was gorgeous. Shots looked like very, very, you know, well-placed. 
uh, beautiful scenery, beautiful imagery through the chase sequences, even like the stuff in New York in the 60s or whatever, or back in the 40s with the Nazi stuff. The production design was fantastic and fantastic cinematography about that. I want to give it that. Um, but now, again, good send-off for sure. If you send it for Indiana Jones, the character, it's a beautiful send-off. It, it, it probably won't piss any people off. I hope not. <laughs> um, um, and for sure, like I said, too, I don't out of the reaction to, like you said too, Nick, is that I think it's a huge improvement, huge improvement over Crystal Skull, without, without a doubt. I remember, seeing this, I remember seeing Crystal Skull with my parents back in, like, what, 2008, and I never forget to see my parents so disappointed, like, shaking their heads, like, <laughs> yeah, this shit sucked, and I was like, I was kind of like it wasn't that bad, and as you get older, you watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this shit sucks. I mean, this is, this is again, I was Shia LaBeouf, but I was like, yeah, this shit kind of sucked. Um, yeah, like, because <laughs> Crystal Skull was cool, but it just it just lost me at the reveal yeah. of like where the crystal skull came from. Like I was like, it just it's a fun twist and everything, but it just it didn't feel like Indiana Jones to me. Like that was that was like my biggest kind of uh, con with that movie, you know? Oh yeah, dude. I it definitely it felt like again. I, I told you yesterday the screening that Jordan Lucas had more of a say into it, and surprise, surprise, this was right, right after the the prequels trilogy too. So surprise. Um, but yeah, I, again, a good send off for sure. So now to my cons, you know, I love James Mangle, but I it could have been anyone's movie. I feel like Ford versus Ferrari, uh, Three Ten to Yuma, and Logan have a very specific feel to them. It's a very specific feel to them for sure. And mm-hmm. with this, it had Spielberg elements to it, and it had Mangle elements to it, but. It could have been anyone's movie. Like it could have been, you know, someone else's direction. It could have been a J.J. Abrams movie at one point. It to me definitely could have been anyone's movie. I do think he has again an act, for a great, uh, you know, eye for storytelling and you know, telling you know certain you know uh, her- heroic stories like a Logan, like a Ford vs. Ferrari, like a Return of Yuma, and like Indiana Jones. But at the end of the day, I was kind of like, this could have been anyone's movie personally. Um, but still, it, it didn't bother me as much. But I was like, eh, again, I love Mangle, but it could be anyone's uh, direction. Um, some of the cons now. I do think, I think she was good in it for sure. She plays the goddaughter again. It's in the trailer. I do think the chemistry between her, uh, Indy and uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller Bridge, kind of felt forced at times. I like, I was like, oh, it's it's like pushing it. No, it's, it kind of just felt like she was in one different movie, and so was he. Uh, it's supposed to be like again, he's he's the godfather to her. And at times I was kinda like, what movie are they in? Because I feel like one time it's kinda like more like, hey, look at me, and kind of like jokey, jokey, jokey thing, which kind of for sure a Disney thing with the you know Star Wars, Lucasfilm, and Marvel. Mm-hmm. But it for sure had a thing I was like, you know, it's it's definitely again, they're great, they're both great performances, but I felt like she was a different movie sometimes, like kind of like the the entire time, like even during serious scenes, she was still, hey, you know, like cracking jokes. And I was like, Yeah, this is a very serious scene. Let's take it a little bit more seriously, if you know what I'm mean. again, again, I know as the kind of like the, the charm of kind of like humor here and there with, uh, you know, it, all the movies. But I think at times you kind of did a little, little bit overboard with the humor and the jokes. And I think at the end, it was kind of redeemed for me with certain things that happened with her. But I, I do think that the chemistry was not there fully. There are good moments, but overall, I was kind of like, eh, I don't really believe it as much. Um, and there's parts to the sound design. I couldn't hear some of the some of the lines like when they're chasing or during like kind of like an action scene. I was like, "Wait, what they say?" And I was kind of like, "Am I am I the old man now? Am I am I Joel? Am I am I losing my hearing? I'm kidding, Joe. I'm kidding." <laughs> uh, um, but uh, 
I couldn't hear some of the dialogue at times, and I was like, they could have maybe enhanced the sound a little bit better. I had the same issue with Spider Verse at times too. At the beginning of the movie, I was like, wait, what is she saying? Like, who's what is he saying? So, also with Tenet as well, like I was kind of like, wait, what? Like who's saying what now? So Yo, I think maybe for sure, bro. Oh my right, gosh, you could you couldn't really hear the dialogue, and I was like, I want to hear what happened. So I think maybe maybe wait, wait, maybe on Blu-ray or Disney Plus or whatever, maybe they'll fix it. But there was times where he was talk he was talking, and I was like. Wait, what do you say? So that was just me personally. Um, oh god, her act- the name, the actress who plays a CIA, CIA agent. I felt, I felt like they could have done more with her. Like she was definitely like more interesting to me than some of like the henchmen, like the Boyd Holbrook character. Where I was like, oh, I kind of want to see what more, like, more of her, and like kind of see what her more developed. And I was like, yeah, I kind of was interested in seeing what she kind of did next or what she, what she did before. And I kind of just like, yep, that's it. And I was like, uh, uh, all right. So I wish I kind of spent more time with that. And this is my big con. This is my definitely big con. The kid in this movie annoyed mm-hmm. the living shit out of me. Wait, I which, which kid was worse, though, Doug? The one in this one or the one from, uh, from Black Adam? You know what? The hey, Black don't... Adam kid really yeah. bothered me. Oh, no, 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 no spoilers. No, promise, no spoilers. It's in the trailer too. You see him in the trailer a lot too. The recent trailer, I promise. Um, he, okay, okay, I'll give it a fair tie. How about that? I'll give it a fair tie. Um, okay, okay I'm with that. The kid, but this kid in the movie, because like once they go to the third act, I was, I, I leaned over to you and I was like, yeah, why is this kid still in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I was like, wait, why is he still here? And it was like. I was like, oh wait, no, he's in, it, he's in it for the rest of the movie. I was like, really? Because to me, he had kind of like no significance. Like, I right, was put this kid in this movie. You know, he's, he's. I mean, you made a good point too, Nick. Maybe maybe it's a, maybe it's, maybe it's a callback to um, Short Round, played by Kihu Kwan. And I was mm-hmm. like, I could I could have been it, but Short Round didn't, didn't annoy me. I love Short Round and uh, Temple of Doom. I really did. In this one, I was like, yo, get this kid off screen, please. Give him ice cream, like get him off the screen. I'm like, also, you're a kid, you had a full on beard, bro. You had a full on mustache. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, bro, how old are you? So that the scenes with the kid really bothered me because I was just like, he kind, it's kind of like he's kind of holding them back. Whereas like, if if he wasn't in the movie, like, cool, they can progress the story and not worry about this kid. And I was like, ah, I guess whatever. But that's all I'll say about that. Tony Banderas, same thing. It was a great addition seeing him. I love him as an actor too. He's, a, you know, I love his voice too. But also too, kind of with other other actors. So they can not spoil. I promise, knows is, is that I wish they kind of like you said earlier too. I wish they kind of developed some of these characters more because they're kind of in it, and that's it. In it, that's it. Like, okay, cool. They, you know, they're, intro- they're introduced, and that's it. It was like okay, okay, but like I wanted to see more of these characters because they seem kind of like, chemistry with Harrison Ford looks really cool. I want to see their history with Indy. It was like, oh, that would be cool to see more of them, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not nitpicking, but I was kind of like, I wanted to see more of these characters kind of developed, more fleshed out. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if some stuff maybe just was kind of left on the cutting room floor because, like you said, like it was all these characters, but they weren't they weren't in it for like super long. So I was kind of wondering, like, what exactly is their yes. motivation? Because some of it was like I was wondering why are they there? Like for the film to kind of move along for the narrative to move along i understand like the the parts that they play sure but yeah it's like i it's like just some of the relationships seemed a little bit off and then like some of the motivations overall was just kind of like it wasn't really like fleshed out like that so that's why i'm saying like i maybe would add like 20 30 extra minutes to it yeah um you know just to kind of you know give some more some more detail really but yeah, that's, I would, that's just me though. I would have my I actually would have liked maybe a longer 
not director's cut, but I like a more fleshed out version, like you said too yesterday and today, is that the, having that extra time might have fully developed certain, certain characters more. And the you know what they should have done, what they should have done was pull a Zack Snyder and just release the full on four hour cut of the movie. Hey, I would have paid for his for indie for Harrison Ford's last indie movie. I would have paid. Yeah. Full, I would have paid full. Pr- I would have seen all the screenings. I would have paid full price in every format to see a four hour last indie movie for sure, hundred percent. So I agree with that. I mean, also you called it last week at the Flash. You were like, I think some things were kind of cut out, edited, and sure enough, the weekend after, yeah, yeah, the movie was cut and edited a lot. And I'm like, fucking, they called it, man. He mm-hmm. called it. He called it for sure. So. It wouldn't surprise me for sure. There's gonna be like a, I mean, a longer cut on Disney Plus or the move or on Blu-ray. It wouldn't surprise me whatsoever because that is kind of the trend now, getting seeing the full releases of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I still had fun with this movie for sure. Okay, one thing to do. Like I said, Boyd Holbrook. I love him. Boyd Holbrook. I love, he's a good actor. He was good in uh, Run, Run All Night, Logan, Naga um, movies. Why was he there? Like he was there just get punched in the face almost every scene. Punch in the face. Pa. Punch in the face. Corny line. Corny line. Punch in the face. And I was like, he's a good actor. They could have used him a bit more and kind of developed his character a bit more as well. But again, that's just me. Again, if you're an Indiana Jones fan, if you're a Harrison Ford fan at all, see it on the big screen. I would give it a seven or seven and a half out of ten. I think it's worth seeing in theaters. Like I said, better than Crystal Skull, without a doubt. Is it good as the first three? No, but I'll put it up there maybe close to the Temple of Doom in times. But yeah, I, I probably would say the Temple of Doom with uh, Dial Destiny. Again, a lot of again great action scenes. Harrison Ford kills it. It's a beautiful send off to him as Indy. Uh, see, see the theaters for sure. See with see with the crowd. See with the audience. See, it's worth seeing on the big screen like it deserves. Um, again, and I again this is again Harrison Ford. Hats off to you, my friend. You close out another chapter of your career, and we're as fans, we're very happy to you know see your send off as Indy. And the funniest thing too. Too was in the credits were rolling, and it said produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Nick goes, "Hey, Doug, man, that's your girl right there." And I was like, "Oh God!" And for our listeners, if you don't know, I am not a Kathleen Kennedy fan at all. I think she kind of ruined Lucasfilm and Star Wars multiple times. That's just me personally. But it was funny that Nick, like, he pointed out like right away. I was like, "That was pretty funny, Nick. I'll give you that." Yeah, so yeah, guys, you know that's your best friend right there. I was like, you know what? Again, right now this movie's tracking to do not too well at all. I don't want. I don't want to lose their job. I, I really don't. But it would not surprise me, and it wouldn't be the worst thing after this to go, you know what, Kathleen, thanks for, whatever, 10 years at Lucasfilm, you're fired. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> you're fired. So, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Again, I don't want anyone to lose their job, I don't wish that upon anyone, but I think it's time for Lucasfilm to kind of reboot, reboot and regroup and find someone new that kind of like has more understanding of Star Wars. Again, she's a phenomenal producer, I think, outside of Star Wars and Lucasfilm, for sure. I just don't think she was the right person to pick. Yeah, I know George Lucas picked her for sure, but her track record the past 10 years of Lucasfilm CEO has kind of proven that, yeah, you kind of ran this franchise and this, these franchises to the ground or didn't have the best respect for them, personally speaking. So, yeah, guys, that'll As be a Star Wars fan, I second that. Yeah, so that, we hear it all the time on, the, on this podcast that how I kind of, I don't spice her, I'm not the biggest fan of her. But, yeah, guys, so again, Indiana Jones and the Dial Destiny is now in theaters this weekend. See you with the crowd. See you with the audience. It's a lot of fun. Again, we want to thank our friends, friends at a, uh, AZ Sports and KTR and College Time for the invite. We appreciate it. We can't wait for the next screening. All righty. So, one of the, after, the, after the review, our topic this week is what are two of your favorite franchises? And I'm going to start with Moses since you're coming back to the show. What are two of your all-time favorite franchises? 
two all-time favorite franchises. Um, mm, I don't know. Uh, I mean, or one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do. I do have two. You know, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I grew up watching a lot of you know Marvel stuff. So you know, the first movie that I ever saw in theaters was a Marvel movie. You know, yeah. which Iron Man too. So you know, um, and uh, that opened my eyes like very, 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 very widely. So um, I was, I would say that you know, um, number two. You know, I would say that I'm actually just now getting to be, you know, to kind of, you know, fall in love with now and everything like that, you know, is, um, is Mission Impossible. Mm, you know, hell um, yeah. You know, hell um, yeah. you know, if, if I would hit, if I would say number, number three, you know, is of course the Fast and Furious series, but you know, that's, uh, those are the, those are the top two, top three, uh, that I kind of, you know, grew up watching, um, and everything. So. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's it. I didn't really grow up watching Star Wars a lot, you know, which is, you know, um, but people will be like, what? But yeah. <laughs> how, how <laughs> dare you don't like Star Wars? The nerve, the nerve, and you call, you call yourself a filmmaker. How dare you? No, I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. You know, I mean, I, I started watching the new, the new ones, but you know, um, Marvel and, you know, um, you know, Mission Impossible. Um, you know, the two that I uh, that I you know that, that I really like. So, um, hey Moses, yes, sir. My, my bad, but which of the Mission Impossible movies is your favorite? If you don't mind me asking, a question. Um, I, I would say, I would say, um, uh, I would say, uh, Rogue. You know, mm, good one. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that movie, you know, was was really really great. You know, with uh, with uh, Jeremy Renner and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really, really like that one a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely my favorite. So, um, okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. One, two as well might, might be up there, you know, which uh, one number two, uh, no, this new one, uh, Mission Impossible, The Reckoning part one, you know? Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, dude, I am so excited for that, bro. Oh my yeah. gosh. Give this movie more more imx theaters right now i don't care because for no no i'm kidding <laughs> bro they they really again i'm really ha- i'm really happy that so many was coming out this this uh this summer but damn they 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 had so many were coming out they were not prepared to have back to back to back and again chris nolan has supreme over um um uh um supreme over imax so yeah. i can't say i'm surprised but you're right. I mean, I, I, I do think that Tom Cruise has a lot of clout as well as the biggest moose star of the world right now. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But yeah, I do think that I wish they kind of shared the screen like okay, have a, one day it could be Mission, one day it could be uh, Oppenheimer. But that was kind of timing you know, on their on their end. But I mean, it's a win for us movie fans and us critics. So it's that's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I, I mentioned possibly the Ghost Protocol, man. We was, was, was on the Burj Khalifa, man. I remember seeing that movie in theaters. I was like, I have sweaty ass hands. I was like, oh my god. I was like, oh, yeah. like, please don't fall. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did push so good. All right, Joe, you're up next, my friend. Two of your favorite franchises. Oh, that's easy. Uh, Star Wars uh, and Harry Potter, and then just as honorable mentions, uh, it would have to be uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Took one of mine. 
That's fine. <laughs> uh, you, can, you, can use, you can use it. You can use it. Yeah, it, uh, just love those movies. As you can tell from a previous podcast, I truly do love Star Wars. Grew up on it. I was a giant nerd. Always wanted to be able to use a force and a lightsaber and everything. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just a giant nerd. Uh, it, I'm excited for what they'll do with the new Harry Potter. You know, when they remake it, uh, whether it'll be a show or a movie. I think they said show, right? Maybe I don't know. Um, but I'm excited to see what they'll do with it. With the new development for makeup and everything, and you know CGI or Harry Potter, you know it has always had pretty good CGI and everything. Um, I never got into Mission Impossible. Like I've watched them and they're enjoyable, just never been like a gigantic fan. Like it's like I'll watch a movie here or there, you know, one of those random movies. Like I'm a fan of, like action, so you know, yeah. Good ones. All right, my all right, Nick, you're up, my friend. Two of your favorite franchises. Two of my favorite franchises are going to be Harry Potter because that was that was one of the first movies um, I'd seen in theaters. I saw it with my grandmother and my cousin Trey, and like I was following each fucking movie, man. Like I wanted to be at Hogwarts and like do all the magic <laughs> spells and everything like that, man. Like me and my cousin Trey, bro, we'd be having like pretend, um, like. Uh, like Harry Potter fights, like saying all the spells and everything like that. Um, and then my second favorite would be Lord of the Rings. Ooh. Like, bro, Ooh, that's that's, like I'm I'm a huge comic book movie fan, so like DC, Marvel, like I love all that stuff. But like, dude, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, in my eyes, that is the perfect movie trilogy, man. Like, it's so. Obviously, there's a nostalgic factor, but it's like the storytelling is so fucking good. Like, it made me want to go back and actually read the book. Like, I'm listening to the audiobook for the um, for the Fellowship of the Ring, the first one right now. I, I read all the all the Harry Potter books yeah. like a few months ago, man. And um, but yeah, those, those are my favorites, man. I could geek about that stuff like all day, all night, man. Those are some big ass books too. I'm glad you're doing the audiobook. <laughs> yeah, bro, oh my gosh, the like, big ass no, books, man. bro. Like, they tell me pants. My uh-huh. parents owned those fucking books. Like they had them. They're huge. I was like, yeah, this is never gonna happen. I love Lord of the Rings, but I'm never yeah. gonna watch that shit. I'm never gonna read it. I love Lord yeah. of the Rings. So yeah. yeah. These audiobooks are long, man. They're like anywhere from like fifteen to twenty hours, man. I'm like, golly, it's gonna take me a little bit. <laughs> like a whole year. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I finish these books, I'm probably gonna be a grandfather. Like Joe. <laughs> Okay, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bro. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Y'all are right around the corner. Don't worry. <laughs> no, Joe. I'm right there with you, man. Y'all I got anything like every single morning, man. I can't even walk up the stairs without using the rail. So I feel you, bro. Right. I'm gonna say, Harry is definitely my top, my top three like franchise. I completely miss on that. You know. Right. Yeah, I forgot about Lord of the Rings. I'm actually really disappointed in myself. I'm glad you said that, though. Uh, yeah, y'all are slacking. Y'all are slacking. I need to get up on my level. I got this S tattooed on my chest for a reason, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, sorry. So, sorry, I think with my surprise, surprise, I'm also gonna say Harry Potter is. Well. <laughs> yes, like, indeed. Yeah, I was, was going to say. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to say. Um, I was going to say. Uh, Fast and Spider Man, but you heard me so many times on the show. Say how much I love Spider Man, how much I love Fast and Furious. So you know what? I gotta switch up a bit. So I'm gonna mm. go with Harry Potter because, like you said too, Nick. I remember seeing that movie with my pa- my parents. I saw all of them. My parents always every birthday came out on my birthday. I think I think one through no like three and five to come out on my birthday. 
I think one, two, all the family on my birthday, and my parents would have these big parties for me. Like all my friends in um, elementary school, grade school, like we, my, my mom would have this huge party. My parents would have a huge party. My mom would have huge parties for us. I would wear my full on cloak. My mom would draw a little lightning bolt on my head, my nerdy ass. Um, and I had the, 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 oh, fake, the lightning the bolt, fake, bro. The fake wand, everything. I had the fake golden snitch, everything. Um, and I, I love this movie so much. I saw them like all the time in the theaters, like multiple times. I just love these movies so much. Um, and they're a big part of my childhood, my life as it is. I read all the books with my dad when I was when I was growing up too. So they're a big part of like uh, who I yeah, why I love you know, storytelling and movies and kind of just like the fantasy world. And my second, this one might surprise people, and I've been kind of like you know what I'm gonna do this one too. My I guess my I guess recently new favorite franchise number two is gonna be um, John Wick, man. And, oh snap. John Wick, for for different reasons, the story on the show on the, on the show a few episodes ago was that when the first one came out, Joe was like, "Gotta watch John Wick, gotta watch John Wick, it's amazing." I was like, "I'll watch it eventually," and I was like, eh, "It's okay, whatever, it's it's fine." It was like it was cool, love Keanu, but I was like, "It's cool, whatever." And it wasn't until about number two, Nick. I think I think Moses was there too. It was me? It was you, me, Moses, Isaac, and Big Isaac was there too. Mm. And, I, and we're and we're watching this the screening of it, and I, halfway through, I was like, "Now I get it." Now I get these movies. Now I get why I hype for these movies for sure. And I, and I was like just hype seeing two with y'all. I remember you and I saw three over the summer years ago, Nick. And I was like, oh my god. And I went to the press screening for the fourth one, and I said, these movies are just fucking brilliant. Like, yeah, bro. I, you watch these movies because they're a fantasy of their own, but with assassins. And I was like, that's fucking brilliant. And I've listened to more podcasts, um, like more filmmaker podcasts the past couple of years, this past year or so. I'll tell you what, man, Chad Stalisky, this dude knows how to fucking make a great action movie. Um, he did all four movies, and for our listeners who don't know, he was Keanu's stunt double in all the Matrix movies. Um, and he was a big part of a lot of stunt movies, like so like a lot like a lot of the um a lot of the like uh superhero movies, a lot of franchise movies. Um he did the stunts for uh, Birds of Prey. Like he's been a lot of he's been a big part of stunt movies that that you probably didn't know about. And his first movie he made, he directed with David Leach, who did you know Bullet Train, Deadpool Two as well, uh, Atomic Blonde. But he did, the, but they did the first. He did, he did, Chad did all four um, John Wicks. And hearing this, guy, I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast, heard him on the Real Blend podcast, heard him on the Fandango podcast. Listen, guys, speak. He knows so much about filmmaking and good action. And what I love about him too is that he has no problem calling out boo boo ass bad action movies. Like he'll call out some <laughs> shit like terrible ass that was garbage terrible and he's been really he says you know what i want to make movies that feel real that have authentic stunts to them and hire a good stunt team not this kind of bs of like cut away or like it's clearly fake and i'm like dude i'm just amazed by this guy from a background of stunts to be you were your first big thing was keanu stunt double in the matrix movies and then you were a stunt coordinator for all these big movies and your first movie your first franchise is this billion dollar franchise now with john wick I'm just, I was just so amazed by him. And if you have Spotify, listen to listen to him, Joe Rogan for two hours. I was just mesmerized again. He's, I love his voice too. He's just mesmerized by the by this guy and talking about his filmmaking style, his love for 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 action movies, for you know good action, you know, uh, doing tacti- tactical stuff with Holly Berry and Lan- and Lance Reddick and Ian McShane and Keanu. And I was just like, bro, I'm just amazed by this dude. I really am. And he's doing. Um, um, what's the what's the what's the movie game you like, Joe? Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Sorry, right. so fucking hype. He's doing that, and he's doing Rainbow Six with Michael B. Jordan. I said, 
Sign me Ooh. up. I said, sign me up. Rainbow <laughs> Six. Now that's a tall order because that game has been out for fucking ages. That game has <laughs> not ended. Is but, is that going to be a sequel to um to Without Remorse? No, it's a whole new franchise. No. Okay, and okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because so Without Remorse is Tom, Tom Clancy. Clancy. Yep. Yeah. So okay, but Rainbow Six is in Tom. Tom Clancy. No, 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 no. They're both they're both by Tom Clancy. But this is gonna this is but, gonna be a whole. This is gonna be a whole new whole new franchise and okay i got you i got you and from from what i heard go ahead joe so without remorse was more so like uh, a soldier sort of taking on the government you know with with rainbow six i'm yeah rainbow six it's soldiers that are expedited not expedited experts and you know a lot of different things they're basically like special forces uh-huh, you know what uh-huh. i mean they're the ones that go to different countries and do the big things you know sort of so it's a little different so you know it i you know without remorse was really good but it this one it's gonna be heading in a different direction i believe and i okay, can't okay. And if chad can do what he did with john wick movies and then this movie i mean like you got, also, I heard too that he really wanted to work with Michael B. Jordan so badly. Michael B. Jordan wanted to work with Chad Shelley so badly. So they kind of like they met up and had a had a meeting about like projects. Like, yeah, we're, we're doing this movie. If Chad can literally bring that John Wick stuff with Michael B. Jordan to a new franchise, like a rated R hard R rated R franchise, like you know, like John Wick violence, sign me up, dude. Sign me up. Like I said, I listen to this guy's po- this, this guy talk on different podcasts. I'm just so amazed by him and his like dedication to practical effects real stunt work real action and i didn't play the game the ghost game that uh joe has played but i seen, I seen like I, seen, I, heard, I heard him talk about it, i heard like you know youtube videos about it and the way he you know, the way he was able to do samurai stuff in john wick 4 i was like i, I want to see anything this guy does because i'm so amazed by him and so like a, a huge fanboy of chas Selesky. so i was like sign me up so uh, definitely again, Harry Potter. Two different, way two different opposite franchises too. Harry Potter <laughs> and John Wick. Two different franchises to a T. But I love both these franchises so much. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just a nerd for both of these franchises. But yeah, man, I fucking love both both of them. They're a big part of like, I think why I love movies too. But anyway, second part yeah, of this. Yeah, and it, it, with that talking about that, it, it makes me really excited to see someone that knows about stunts do do movies. Because the problem with a lot of action movies uh, for the past few years is that the fight choreography is so boring. Because I, I was watching this TikTok a while ago uh, about a guy talking about why certain movies, action movies are good and why others aren't. With and which is why I watch a lot of Asian movies, especially action, is because like a lot of these fights, uh, choreography are just like punches, and you know they're they're like w- like one hit knockouts, or you know they're just constantly swinging at each other, not blocking, and you know the guy was breaking down like these older movies where one movie had like five hundred and something just punches and like two blocks, you know what I mean. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so to see a guy who knows so much about stunt, you know, being a stunt double and to do that, to to make such great films and to pursue other, you know, films that 
fans really do have like an expectation for and really have a big hope and is so worried about Hollywood fucking it up royally it 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 gives me a lot of hope and just makes me really excited again listen to interviews with him guys i really recommend because if we're all filmmakers and we're all writers just hear hear him talk for like an hour 45 minutes whatever i was just like just like i was learning so much from him of how he shoots things and i was just like and he was like you know we have our big thing about safety and safe safe practical effects but he has such a an, an act for telling good action movies where i was just like dude i want to see every action movie made by this guy I was just like, ah, oh, dude, I'm just, I'm just mesmerized by this guy, 100. So yeah, it's, it's. I'm glad that he's going to do a movie with Michael B. Jordan. I can't wait for that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, part two of our, this topic is is a little bit of a challenge for you guys. So it's going to be, what movie do you wish had a sequel or started a franchise? And Nick, you first, my friend. I'll start with you this time. So the uh, the. The first movie I can think of that I wish would have had a sequel is Dread, which I believe came out. Oh yeah, I th- was it? I think it was two. That came out ages ago. Twenty twelve. Yeah. Yep. Was it twenty twelve? Yeah, with um with Carl Urban and yeah, because I um my my cousin Trey like he showed it to me and it was it was cool like um it was I liked how just like grounded it was because I'd seen like some of the images from the comics and everything looked a little bit like super like 80s 90s sci-fi comic book where everyone's like super like muscly and everyone has these big ass like fucking like shoulder pads on their costumes like crazy huge guns that like physically you should not be able to hold with one hand but they're like shooting it swinging it around everything like that you know what i mean like everything was super exaggerated and i had seen a little bit of the uh um, I saw some of the clips from the uh, the uh, the Sylvester Stallone movie, which came out in the '90s with him and Rob Schneider, Diane Lane, and everything. And uh, like he was like, he's like, Nick, 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 you got to see the 2012 one. I'm like, um, all right, bro, I'll give it a shot, I guess. And then like I'm watching it, it was very grounded, but it still felt it was like really engaging. It didn't feel like one of those movies where it's like we have to just do something completely different. Like it was grounded, yes, but it still felt very true to the stuff that I had seen in regards to the character and the story was dope and it was it was a really really fun movie it was a solid story and it was it was a simple story which i think really helped it out because you know you never want to try too hard to impress you know what right. i mean like you don't want right. to be like just doing too much like it was literally just it's basically two cops they got to go into this building and they got to stop this crime boss but you know like they put some twists on it like this building is like a hundred floors um 100 floors high and each level like it's a bunch of like criminals and everything like that on each of these hundred levels that all work for this this crime boss so you got a hundred floors of people trying to kill like these two just these two cops and one of the cops it's their first day so it's like okay okay that's that's interesting and, like the way that the uh, the story progressed and everything like that i just i loved it and it was um i think there were there were talks about either doing a sequel or like a a a television show that just followed the events of it and um i really wish that they excuse me i wish i would have like gone more into into that because i would have loved to have um like explored that world of of dread a lot more you know what i mean because also i think it was kind of not so much an origin story but kind of like how they did the batman where it's not like their first mission it's just early early on in their career because apparently um i think the plan was to 
like start him off, like start the 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 dread character off, and like maybe he's only been here for like a, a few years or something like that. But then each of the sequels is gonna get him closer and closer to the version of the comics where he was he was basically like the big dog on campus. You know what I mean? Like everybody knew who he was. Um, the the second movie that I wish would have gotten a sequel is Chronicle with Michael oh, B. Jordan. Oh, oh man, dude, man. like that movie and the. Uh, uh, the writer Max Landis, he was he was saying like, yeah, I was I had planned a sequel and I I don't remember if he like wrote the script or not, but he was at he was at some sort of convention. He was talking about the stuff that would have been in the sequel because they would have gone into like how they got their abilities and everything like that. But apparently the the script itself was just, quote unquote, too dark to have been made into a movie. And I don't Ooh. Yeah, something like that. I'm like, that's kind of a bullshit excuse because there's, you, uh, really, if if it being too dark was the issue, all you would need to do is just lighten it up, but keep the core story elements. You know what I mean? Like, if it's too dark, just tone it down a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, that's, I don't that's like dark me. movies, man. Dude, that Chronicles was such a great mention. Me and Doug saw good. that in theaters. We did, dude. We were it's so hyped good. for it too. That movie, dude, that's so sad because two things. Josh Trank. Josh Trank will never be working again, probably. That's a shame, bro, because he, he did his thing on that movie. And I, I, and think, they, I think they fucked him over on, on Fantastic Four, too. Oh, dude, well, he and he really... I feel, remember, he was like, oh, the next big director is going to be Josh Trank. And then he did Fantastic Four, and then no one heard from him again. Which really kind of sucks, man. And I think the other thing, too, is now... Disney owns Disney owns Chronicle now, so unless they sell it to someone else, they ain't making that movie ever. I mean, it could be a no, wait, it could be a Hulu. It could be, I mean, which which it was a which it was a theatrical movie for sure. But mm-hmm. I do think it's probably, it could be a Hulu. It could be a Hulu original. Hulu, I mean, uh, do a series. But I'll do a I'll do a movie. But yeah, the Chronicle's so fucking good, man. I love that movie so oh, much. Young, young Michael B. Jordan too. Young yeah. Michael B. Jordan. We we went to the theater and we had a hard time trying to see that movie. Cause that uh, lady who always like was just just on us at any time. Like we had to sneak <laughs> in there. We had to sneak in there. Like we bought a ticket for like some bullshit kid movie, and then we snuck into it, which was one of the fucking hardest things to do. Cause she Wait, somehow was, was always rated knew R? which knew what movie we wanted to see. I know it was yeah, was it PG-13? I swore it was. It was PG-13, yeah. Why were y'all trying uh, to sneak into a PG-13 movie? No, I think, I think it was a this different movie. This lady, it, maybe it was a different movie. Different movie. It was, there was this lady that used to work at AMC we always used to go to. And mm-hmm. she would not, like, she remembered us because we were always there. And so she would wait outside of our, like, movies we'd see because we'd want to go sneak into another movie theater to watch another movie, you know, and then head home. But mm-hmm. she was like, she was so serious about her job, and she was like one of those ladies that cleaned the theater. She didn't, she wasn't like a manager. She wasn't like any like a, like a lot of the other workers there like didn't give a shit. They knew us. They didn't give a shit. But like she was just always on us. So like sometimes she'd know what movie we want to watch, and then she'd block it, and we'd be like, "Fuck, bitch!" <laughs> like she All took time, it. Way That's pretty wack, man. Golly. She was there for a few years and me and Doug had to start going to other movie theaters and we were just like, bro, this lady needs to fucking get fired. No matter what it was, she was waiting for us. 
Every move you'll make, I'll be watching you. <laughs> yeah, like she was always, uh, yeah, but we did see it in theaters. Like we saw the trailer, we were so excited for it. We did see it. In Such theaters. a good movie. Uh, anyway, Joe, what about you, man? What do you, what's your, what's Me? your movie? Yeah. Movie that uh, could have been a sequel or a franchise. TMNT. I, I know, yeah. Because yeah. the art style of it was so good. We don't do those art styles anymore, you know. We we went to more cartoonish ways. and But, like, that movie's art style was great. The rain was fantastic. And it really was, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who they really were. And, you know, like, the problem with a lot of these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies that were gang is always, like, a new introduction for the new generation. And I, I as someone who grew up on them, I'm tired of that. Because I don't want an, another origin story for them. I want to, with that one, was a continuation from their original story years past as they gotten older, more matured, and have experienced a lot of, like, dark shit. Because the it, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have gone through hard times, and that changes them. You know what I mean? With the family family dynamic and as they grow older, how they become their own people. And it just really showed that. And so it's such a great movie and I loved it. Sadly, a lot of people didn't like it, but I enjoyed it so much that I had my family buy us a DVD. And uh, yeah, no, I just really loved that. The, the animation and everything. The animation, me and Doug were talking about this the the other day but i didn't think about it till now but the animation reminded me of the movie uh ae i don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie uh but you know what i'm talking about we've mentioned it before in conversations doug uh ae i believe or something like that yeah it sounds familiar uh, there was another like anime movie it was so good um, but yeah, we don't do animations like that no more. We 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 tend to head towards a cartoonish or anime, you know, way where it's like these animations that we used to do back in the day were can still work to this day and are still really good and still hold up. So you know, I thought that should probably got a sequel. I would have loved that. I was excited. I was hoping they would get a sequel. And uh, honorable mention would be uh, Tre- Treasure Planet. Sadly, oh my god, uh, Treasure uh, Planet, bro, Jesus, Sadly, Jesus. Disney hates that fucking movie, and they just did everything they could to, bro, they, to they just not to make it fail. happen. They really did. They, they really did. did. They had no belief in it. They had no belief yeah, in it fuck, whatsoever. Fuck Disney, because they don't know what's good. Like They really don't. You know what I mean? It, it's shitty, because that movie is so good, and the, the writers... And directors were planning to make a second one, but Disney mm-hmm. just just made it. it their mission to just block it, to to not let it happen. And I just I fucking hate Disney. I fucking hate Disney. Fuck Disney. I fucking hate them. But yeah, those are my those are you know my I wish that that got sequels. Just to cover own, our own ass too. That's again, that's Joel's personal opinion. That's as we my all own opinion. While, while I, just, while I agree just... with Joel, and they should have made Treasure Planet Part yeah. Two. I do not hate Disney. I'm a single person. Joel Kindle and hates Disney. They can yes, fuck themselves. <laughs> Johnson fuck does Disney. not. Fuck Doug Disney. Jones is not they ruined <laughs> Star Wars. They ruined hey, Star they Wars. They ruined a lot of things. Fuck Disney. 
What's that? What did you say, Moses? Edit this out. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up my friend. You gotta try. You gotta try. Censor me like Disney. We're gonna have problems. <laughs> you're up. You're up, Moses. A movie or two movies that you wish could have had a sequel or could have been a franchise. Um, I, I would say I wish there's there's you know um there's like two and there's an honorable mention and everything. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, there's the movie Super 8, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, that That's was directed by, uh, you know, of course, J.J. Uh, Abrams, you know, produced by Steven Spielberg and everything like that. You know, I remember seeing that movie, and I'm like, man, you know, it, ha- it had a really, really crazy, crazy, like, like a buildup and everything like that. But just the idea of, like, this, these kids, you know, finding something, you know, um, finding this alien, alien sort of like a, you know, um uh um thing and everything and, and having to figure out you know um you know where it sort of like i came from and everything like that you know was really 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 cool you know um i i, I definitely wish they they were, they were able to make a sequel you know from it you know because uh, i go back and you know um watch just the trailer just the trailer <laughs> like you know off and on everything like that um you know uh whenever i can um also number two is um is uh is uh, uh war war z you know oh yeah Ooh, okay good movie too. i, oh, I man, just rewatched that the other day matter of fact Every single movie, like i've seen that movie even, even even people that are not crazy into you know films and everything like that they're like i wish they were going to make a you know uh part, part two or second part of that you know film because man like that movie was was amazing, and it and it made a lot of money. Towards the box office, so I was confused. I was like, "Why did it made it, so much money? Why did it not make mm-hmm. make, a, make a sequel?" You got Brad Pitt, you know, and everything front line. It's like, come on, you know, you can easily make a sequel. I would do it. Yeah, Paramount, listen to this man. He'll do it. He'll do it Paramount, for you. Guys. Come I'll on, Heck yeah, I I will do it for you. You know, I will I will make it for you. But uh, but yeah, yeah that's you know, honorable mention is. I mean, they won't be able to do it no more, but. You know, Man of Steel 2, Man of Steel 2. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, no, I was How did I not think of that one? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the man with the nest on his chest didn't think of that. I know, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> Here's why I didn't say Man of Steel. It would have just been too easy for me, man. I was just trying to challenge myself a little bit. But Man of Steel 2, I wish they were going to make that. I think that was DC, DCU's best film. I don't know, for me, personally. Yeah. You know, I agree, hundred percent. Because like the effects are great and everything like that, you know, um, and the music and the action overall and the story was just great. You know what I mean? Was was great. It was there. You know, uh, and um, and yeah, you know, it was a, it's a great movie, man. Um, but yeah, those are the those are the three. You know, those are the three. So I. I uh I can even do Super Eight if they want me to, you know. Steven oh, Goldberg. I would I would pay full price to that Moses. I would pay full oh, price yeah, bro. to that movie, dude. Hell yeah, Super Nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'm gonna do two an honorable mention to uh, as well. Um, I'm gonna do the first one is one of my favorite sci-fi movies that probably ever made, and that's gonna be uh Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Edge of Tomorrow. Hmm. Okay. This, okay. this movie fucking rules. And I remember this all too well. I'm just, you were there too, Joe. 
it was the summer before the movie came out. It was like all the marketing for this movie. And I said, this looks like shit. I said, this looks terrible. I don't know what this movie even is. The marketing was not good, was not good at all. And I was like, I don't know. What this, I, I love Tom Cruise. I love Emily Blunt. I was like, yeah, I don't know what this is going to be. I was like, this looks so weird. I was like, what is it? Aliens? What? I was, I'm so confused by it. Marketing was terrible. And I got invited to a screening of it. I was like, I'm going to go. But I think I had baseball practice. So I missed out on it or whatever. So I want to say flash for me a month after it came out. Me and my boy, Given. Um, what's up, Given, if you listen to this? Uh, we were hanging out at Navy Pier IMAX, RIP Navy Pier IMAX, by the way. Um, and we were going to, we were kind of, no, sorry, we were going to the movie, we were going to AMC, we got kicked out because we weren't seeing to see 22 Jump Street, actually. It was a pretty funny story. We got kicked out. And so, and so, uh, <laughs> uh, um, Given and I were walking around town, we got summer break, whatever. I didn't start my job yet. And we're going to AVP Pier IMAX, and we're like, yo, man, what are we going to do, man? It's only, it's only noon. We, 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 we've been out for, like, the past four hours, and we're walking by the IMAX. And, you know, IMAX, you know, in Chicago, too, I mean, it still is, but IMAX is definitely a pretty penny premium. You know, you pay more to see IMAX or Dolby, whatever. And me and Given, we, <laughs> we just, we just walked, we literally walked into the back, and no one caught us. And we literally... And I'm sorry, IMAX. Yeah, I love you guys. I, I'm a big IMAX supporter. It was only one time that ever happened, but me and Given literally walked in the back entrance, and then they didn't stop us. We just walked right in. Mm, <laughs> we right mm, in. Mm. And like, like, there was no one that made a few other people were in there, and there was no one in there. We just walked right in, and I was like, I was see this movie, whatever, because it's something to do, it's new and whatever. I love being proven wrong about movies. I really do. Damn, this movie literally is fucking awesome. Like, I remember just sitting there, I was like, man, I'm loving this movie. Like, the sci-fi is great. The storytelling, the humor is great. The action is great. Emily Blunt's a badass. This movie's it's kind of like Groundhog Day with a sci-fi twist. I was like, I love this movie. But everyone loves that movie. After it came out, like, people who saw it, like us on theaters, whatever, but, like, it didn't do too well box office-wise, but it had a huge following on Blu-ray and uh, VOD, whatever. Everyone's like, this movie's fucking awesome. And there was talks about doing a sequel called like Live Die Repeat again or whatever. But I think I heard Emily Blunt still down for it, so it was Tom Cruise. But I think Tom Cruise is just too busy nowadays to do that with Mission Impossible and movies going on. So if they do, I'll be the first one there because I just love this movie so much. It had a great pace to it too. Uh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton was in it. He was great in it mm. too. It was so funny. It was so it was so unique and it was original too. And I was like, oh, great, great writing. I love the sci-fi movie. I just love this movie so much. And I was like, oh, so good. But it's been 10 years now. No sequel has announced. So hopefully one day. But man, I love Edge of Tomorrow so much. It's, it was a good surprise for me. It's a terrible marketing. Terrible marketing. But I just, it was a big surprise for me. And I love that movie. So it's my first one. And my second one is going to be a one that I think people are kind of mixed on. But I like it a lot. It is a 2011 Justin Timberlake Amina Seyfried movie called In Time. You remember that movie, guys? Oh, I do yeah. remember that movie. It was I cool. It was cool. That. I liked I time it. Really. With that one. It was a very interesting um, a concept. Yeah, I liked it. And I, th- I think I'd seen yeah, the director's, but... one of his other movies. But it was good, though. It was a solid one. He... For the time that it came out, it was very fresh. It was very new. And I really and no did it for that movie. And no one saw it but us. <laughs> no one saw it but us. And it's the guy who wrote Truman Show. And I had Truman Show, my, my favorite movies of all time. Um, oh, okay. 
he wrote Truman Show, but he's not had a good career after In Time, unfortunately. He's written some things that no one has saw or big flops. So not oh, the best damn. career, but In Time is a movie. Basically, it's in the future. Basically, you stop aging at 25, and now the currency is time. So everyone's like, at the 25, you have, I think it's a year left to live. And then you got to, like, if the rich stay rich, the poor stay poor, people run out of time, you die, basically. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a future L.A., if you were poor, you live in the slums. If you're rich, you live in the high end part of LA with like different barriers. Got, in, in order to go to these certain places, you got it costs money just to go to a different into the city. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. You're gonna lose all your money. You're gonna die. You lose your time. You're gonna die. And it was a really good. Co- yeah, I think it could have been flushed out more, maybe executed a bit more overall. But it was a really cool concept premise where I was like, I want to see more of this. I, I think I bought it on Blu-ray a few months ago. Whatever. I'm like, this movie's great. It's uh, Roger Deakins doing cinematography, who I love as a cinematographer. Uh, Killian Murphy, Timberlake, Mena Seyfried, Olivia Wilde, great cast. But I think a movie it just was also wasn't marketed as well either. And again, it was, it was very mixed at the box office, mixed in the critics, whatever. But it's a, it was a very unique original movie, very unique. And it kind of ends with a cliffhanger, sort of what could have a sequel set up, whatever. And I truly do think that movie. Do that movie would would have been would have been a cool like little franchise or sequel because it's a very underrated movie that I think no one has maybe seen but I recommend it because it's awesome so it's my second number number two and my honorable mention will be a movie that also no one saw in 2016 had great reviews had fantastic audience scores whatever is Russell Crowe Ryan Gosling the Nice Guys that movie mm. is oh, hilarious man. that movie is so funny and you know Joseph was yesterday on the phone yesterday. People don't realize how funny Ryan Gosling can be. And I think they'll see it in Barbie for sure this summer. But Ryan Gosling is a very, very funny actor with Crazy Stupid Love or, um, again, Nice Guys. He's a fantastic comedic actor. And, you know, I have a huge crush on Ryan Gosling. But he has a really, he's, he's a great comedic timing. Him and, him and Russell Crowe have a really good chemistry. It's the guy, Shane Black, who wrote uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Lethal Weapon. Uh, Iron Man through it and care about. He also did that really awful boo boo ass Predator movie that I fucking hated. Um, that movie's so garbage. <laughs> that movie, that movie's so garbage. Ugh. But um, it's a great script. It's set in the seventies, these two guys are like one's a, both private eyes, but they have their own means of kind of doing doing stuff. And set in the seventies, L.A. like you know war and you know drugs, uh, hippies, everything, peace. It, it's it's like a different era. And these guys are 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 recruited by the mayor or like some some big politician to find their daughter to find help help her find her daughter, and it's a big conspiracy with like porn actresses and porn stars and like the mob a little bit and like gangsters in L.A. It's a very very funny movie. Like it's a very smart funny movie too, and great physical physical comedy both by Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. It's the jokes are there. Great pace, great cinematography, great great soundtrack. And again, it came out in 2016. And no one saw that movie. No one saw that movie, but I think me and, and the homies. So it, it's something that never, no one saw that movie, but I own it. I'm very proud to own that movie. It's hilarious. Got like 95 on Rotten Tomatoes, a great audience score. People loved it. It just did not do well at the box office. So I wish that could have been a sequel, but yeah. And there, would, uh, Russell Crowe and uh, Gosling both said like they're down to do it a second. I one. hope so. That would have been. It, that would have been hopefully they do it because it gets original too I love original movies so that's mine I almost said Blade Runner 2049 and you know much I love that movie both of you mm-hmm. guys know, both of you guys know that movie much I love that movie I remember seeing the view, opening night man IMAX we saw that opening night it was a, a fucking experience Nick it sure fucking was 
the sound of oh, the car and you're, you're, you're <laughs> flying through the city on the, on the, on the flying cars. But yeah, it's kind of like, eh, it's, it could have ended there, which is fine. But um, I hope to make a third one. I mean, in terms of Blade Runner. Uh, I hope so, bro. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I will do that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Moses, bro, I swear to God, please do that movie and hire IMAX to shoot the movie on IMAX again because I'm telling you, man. Seeing that on IMAX, seeing that movie on IMAX, seeing that Nick opening night, that was like a religious experience for me, dude, because I was just like, I have never seen something like that before in IMAX. But it blew me away. The sound, the cinematography by Roger Deakins, the visuals, that movie is meant to be in IMAX. And to this day, I'm angry at IMAX for not re-releasing it at all during their kind of re-release schedule. And yeah. they, never, they never made an IMAX format on Blu-ray or streaming. And it kills me, man. And it kills me to this day that they never did that. So please do, do a third one. IMAX, do it. Please, Moses, please. <laughs> it, it, it's one, I think, literally, the... You know, for me, it's the second or the first prettiest movie that I ever saw. Oh, Deacons, hmm. man. Roger Deacons, man. You know, and um, and that dude, you know, freaking Denis Villeneuve, you know, that man. Knows He's how that to, guy. Knows how to pay attention to detail when it comes down to visuals and everything like that. You know, I just saw the uh, second trailer for Dune uh, Part 2. Man. Oh my gosh! I don't understand this guy, but I, I <laughs> this guy is incredible. I, I've watched the previous, you know, his previous films too as well. Uh, you know, the past I think uh, last month, and you know, and um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. I'm trying to avoid the trailer, but is the trailer dope? I'm trying to avoid That's it. The trailer is oh, intriguing. Yeah, it's three minutes, but I think Ooh. that. We, Hey, it's gonna be a three-hour movie, so okay. I was like, it's, okay. it's 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 worth it watching the trailer, and I don't think it will mean any harm because it's like three out of three minutes out of three hours. It's like you know, you know, yeah, yeah. And with the trailer, it it, and you know how I am with these long trailers, Doug. Like with the trailer, it didn't show. To me, it didn't really show anything. Good. You know good. what I mean? Of like mass importance to the movie. Okay, good. You know, yeah. So good. Th- it really like you're not gonna watch it and see the whole movie. You're just honestly gonna see a trailer. Good. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it. Okay. I'll watch it. Yeah, I can't I can't wait. I know we're gonna see that day one in IMAX, no matter what. Like I gotta I gotta see that yeah. IMAX because me me and Nick and Kayla and Zeta saw that IMAX I think a week or two after it came out. And I, I, I take blame for this. We picked the kind of like the most like nearest IMAX that was all near all four of us, whatever. And it was like one in like Phoenix, whatever. This IMAX was so ass. It was like green for like half the movie. Bro. And we're like, remember that? They're like, run it, run it, run it back. I, I was like, oh man, I hope this, I hope it's not like this the whole movie, man. And I was Luckily so nervous. It though. This one lady said, she was like, change the fucking film. And I was like, Bro, oh, people are leaving. really wanted to see this movie, man. People were leaving, man. It wasn't easy meals, unfortunately. Um, it, 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 it just, it was like, I think Desert Ridge or whatever. And the IMAX was ass. It was boo boo AF. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, 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 no. So cool seeing IMAX, but it wasn't the full IMAX. How it is at, uh, the one, four, three, at uh, AZ Mills. So definitely again, for our listeners, if you've seen an IMAX movie and it's filmed in IMAX, IMAX, see it at the biggest IMAX. I think for you, Moses, it's, uh, it's, it's the TCL Chinese theater as well as Universal City Walk. And then oh, yeah. for you. For you, Joe, I think it's Indiana because because the, the the Navy Pier one is closed. Uh, the one at Regal doesn't have a full one four three is one nine zero. 
But if you if you can see a movie, like Oppenheimer, for example, if you can see a movie in the full IMAX one four three, it's amazing. Like we, me and me and um, uh, me and uh, Moses saw Tenet in the one four three, the full one four three at AZ Mills, and that was sick. It was the full screen. Um, because Nolan Jordan Peele does it too. If, if you shoot an IMAX with IMAX cameras, you get the full head from top to bottom screen, and it's a experience like no other. You're just like blown away. You're just like this is a, this is incredible. This is incredible. Um, but anyway, no, we gotta wrap up. So, Joe, as always, my friend, you want to end the show? How we end the show? Take it away, my friend. Yes. So, if you're new to the show and decided to skip. Uh, quite a few of our episodes welcome hi uh what we do at the end of each show is we do what we call one-on-ones uh basically each of us go one at a time um recommending uh a show or movie uh that we think is underrated and not enough people have seen it or we just really like it and want you guys to see it and you know hopefully like it at the same time uh we understand if you don't watch it right away it's fine we're just hoping that you at least put it onto your movies list and and then eventually sometime down the road down the way you will watch it and uh you know say what you think about it uh since moses is back uh i'm gonna let you go first my guy yeah uh thanks man um uh what's what's oh mm, uh, if you have not seen this show uh you should check it out um in terms of show wise uh the bear um yes i've been watching that show great you know it's set in you know your home your hometown of course uh doug chicago and um it's it, it's great the dialogue it's great story is great everything is all there you know, it's it's very very clear, um, and um, and yeah, you know, don't spo- no spoilers. I'm only in, you know in the second. I'm in the second season, episode two, episode three, I think, and um, and yeah, for for movie, give me three seconds. I will suggest if you haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure everybody's seen it already. If you haven't seen Spider Man. You know, across Spider Verse, then I don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> you should go uh, out right now. I don't care what time it is. Go out right now and go see that movie because it's a beautiful movie. Uh, I still, I, I, I'm putting this out there. Kevin Feige, hit me up. You know, I, I'm your guy for the live action. You know, Miles Morales, Spider Man. No, I'm kidding, but um, but yeah, you know, no, go check manifest, it out. manifest it, Moses. You will direct the next movie. You will direct that movie. Manifest. Manifest, yes, my indeed, friend. Yes, indeed. You'll see gold to be like, I got this, Moses. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go to, go check it out. You know, it's a great film. That's it. All right. Uh, how about you, Nick? You're next. So for me, um, the TV show that I'm gonna say is um, is Peacemaker with with John Cena. Uh, by James Gunn, and the reason I'm, I'm saying this show is when it was announced, one like I didn't really know who Peacemaker was. Two, I didn't really care about Peacemaker. It's a D, it's a, a a DC show, and it's it's kind of a sequel to the Suicide Squad. And like it was coming out in a time where I was like, dude, give like I don't want all these 
kind of like random no name ass characters, man. Give me my Superman sequel. Give me Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern movies, blah blah blah, all of that kind of stuff. But I'm watching the show and like James Gunn just did this thing where he made me care about this, you know, kind of like C-list, D-list character, and the show was really, really well written. And I was like, like I found myself um uh recommending the show to others, and I was like, dang, that's crazy. So that's I gotta recommend that show because it it surprised me with how good it was. It made me it got me really, really invested in the characters and their like personal struggles. And it's kind of what made me um vibe with the idea of James Gunn one leading the 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 DCU and writing and directing Superman. Like that's what basically got me on board with uh with James Gunn. The movie is um it's called The Animatrix. It's it takes place like in the Matrix world. It's um it's an anthology film. It's like a bunch of different just kind of shorts that take place kind of like in and around the Matrix world and each of them focuses on a on a different aspect of the matrix and it's all like different person uh not personalities but um different perspectives and different characters experiences and like none of these characters save for one was even in the movie so like there was like one story it was it was these kids they thought that they were in a haunted house but you know like watching the movie you know like it's not a haunted house it's just a glitch in the matrix but it was really fascinating to see characters kind of experience this thing that we're all very familiar with but in a very different way and i don't want to get like too too much into it because i really would recommend it especially if you like just creative storytelling um and yeah so I, like i would that's those are the 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 movie and the show that i would put on would be uh peacemaker and the animatrix did the right, wachowskis do that one or no I think they like produced or like maybe wrote some of the some of the shorts, but I don't know. Uh, they didn't like direct all of them. I don't think. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really hoping the Wachowskis have a comeback because I don't know. I, I mean, Matrix. I mean, I don't want to say they're a one hit wonder, but they've made some shit. Uh, they've <laughs> made some shit where I'm just like, Ugh. but uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, I wish I wish they can have a comeback with the with a, a cool movie maybe soon but yeah yeah that's, that's my hope yeah. i agree yeah sam those are a good list all right doug you're next i'm up all right so i've been kind of going back and forth this week i'm going to do a movie that means a lot to me again with that people kind of despise but you mean you joe you mean joe joe you and i and our friends like this movie a lot uh it's a movie that i saw be right before i moved to arizona the day before actually which was uh mike and dave need wedding dates um, this, movie, this movie's hilarious. This movie's hilarious, man. I, people hate this movie. This movie's fucking hilarious. It was funny, man. It's right. It's so. Yeah, I, again, I said I said to my, on my at my review for No Hard Feelings and Joyride was that this was 2016. This came out. I, remember I was literally leaving for Arizona the next day to move there. So I, it was Joel's birthday. Saw some homies, and I was like, man, I, I just miss seeing rated R comedies like that in the theater with a crowd. Because it really enhances the the experience, and like you see a movie with, with people, your friends or strangers, whatever, all laughing. It's just a fun experience. It it really is. It just I I, I miss that. I, I hope we're gonna see more rated R comedies or comedies in general come back to the big screen because I don't want to see them on on like Peacock or Hulu, Netflix, Hulu. I want to see them on a big big screen with an audience because it's it's hilarious. Uh, this movie's hilarious. If you don't know, it's a tr- based on a true story. These two guys, uh, both single brothers from New York, they put on a, they put a Craigslist ad. Um, 
uh, needing dates for their for the sister's wedding because the family said, you know, you you, you guys kind of ruin every family event, whether it's a, a funeral, uh, Fourth of July party, family reunion. You guys literally ruin every event you guys go to. So we're, we're having you guys bring a date. So they were kind of desperate for dates. So they kind of brought. Um, they put like ad on Craigslist or whatever, and they got these two random girls that also were kind of like insanity as well. I know that, that that's a true story, that story, but in the movie, it's kind of like they bring these two girls played by uh, Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza, and Mike and Dave are played by Zach Efron and uh, Adam Devine from Workaholics. Um, and it made it hilarious. It's an hour 30 minutes. It's super funny. Um, everyone's finding this movie. They are finding them. The girls are finding the movie. The girl playing the sister. Uh, Sam Richardson playing the, the fiance is funny. Stephen Root's really funny in the movie. Uh, Camilla and Johnny has a really weird quote unquote sex scene <laughs> as a massage parlor. I Yo, that scene it. was insane. Bro. I was like, okay, what the hell am I watching right now? That's what Joe said when we saw it too. Joe was like, what in the fuck are we watching right that now? That shit came out of fucking nowhere, bro. I was confused as hell. My mom walked in, bro. I was like, mom, no, 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 no. I was like, this, this ain't the type, this ain't what I'm into. <laughs> it's, such a, it's, such a weird, it's such a weird sex scene you're like what's going on here but i just remember laughing and our our friend tj literally was just like and you know tj he's a, he's a really contagious laugher and i hear tj goes oh, oh. <laughs> like, we, we, had, we had our feet on the we had our feet on like the railing too because it was like the first six whatever you felt and joel was like bro you feel the pole you feel the rail shaking <laughs> um, that man would stop his feet and clap his hands. Oh my um, goodness! But it's a very funny movie. Uh, it's Disney owns it. It was a Fox movie. Disney owns it, unfortunately. So I don't know where we can find it. Maybe it's on Hulu. Let me check. Um, it's a very good hour half, mo- hour thirty minute movie. You rent it, unfortunately. But yeah, it's super fun. I recommend it. Right? It's again a lot of fun. Um, I kind of want to buy the book, the true story from the guys. You know, who, story based off of them. It's a really funny movie. So yeah, Mike and Dave be willing dates, which is a very underrated comedy. And for my show. I'm going to go with um, the Amazon Prime slash Paramount show, which is the TV ad- uh, adaptation of Reacher, which is the Jack Reacher series. Um, I love the first Tom Cruise one so much. Uh, I it was I memory was under me and Joe and our we had like 20 people. It was like end of my winter break 2012, my first year of high school. Joe was a sophomore. We had a lot of friends who were sophomore, juniors, seniors, whatever. And we had like 20 people in the movies as a, as a squad. We were deep. The whole row was me and the homies. And I, I feel so bad for that audience because we were obnoxious as fuck. Like we were so loud. We were making jokes. Like everyone's being roasted too. Like everyone, the movie's being roasted, but like everyone, our friend group was being roasted too. Um, and it was just like, having a good time laughing. I remember people throwing candy at each other. Like everyone had big roast joke fest, which again, love that movie for other reasons, but I love the storytelling in that movie. Great writing by Chris McQuarrie, good acting by Tom Cruise because it wasn't Mission Impossible. It was something different. Hated the second one. I was like, reboot it. Have someone else do it because this movie was garbage. So this one, uh, it's uh, based off the one, the one of the different books from different, different from the movie. Um, and it, Jack Reach is kind of like this, like he was an ex-army guy, ex-military. It's kind of like, um, not equalizer, but he's kind of just like, um, kind of just like a guy constantly like, wants to do right, you know, and give justice the right name, whatever. He's not a cop. He's not, he has his own laws. He's not like a bounty hunter. He's not an assassin, but like, kind of takes law, takes you know justice to his own hands and like he'll fuck some people up um and this show is awesome again i love the first drag, drag Reacher movie with tom cruise but this show is awesome only one season out right now i think season two is coming out this summer it's awesome alan richardson is playing him that boy is huge that boy is massive you know, that he was man a, is a giant he's huge he was thad and blue, and blue mountain state he was in the recent fast and furious movie played uh when the agents whatever 
Um, yeah, this dude is massive. And, Bobby's and a fucking giant. He's huge. Dude, he's like, what, 6'5 or taller or some shit? He's 6'5, like 300 pounds muscle, just pure muscle, dude. That dude, boy is pure huge. muscle. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, dude. It's crazy. So, in, in the book, too, he's like, he's more book accurate because Tom Cruise, love you, TC, but you're on, you're on the shorter side. Sorry, you're like five, six, whatever. Still didn't bother me as much in the first movies, but in the book, he's like this five, yeah, this massive giant dude. It's very book accurate from what I've heard. And it's an eight episode series. It's awesome. It's dark. It's TVMA. It's violent as fuck. Great storytelling, great acting, great suspense, great thriller. I cannot wait for season two. So recommend seeing, recommend seeing the show, but also watching the first Tom Cruise movie. But yeah, Jack, the show Reacher on Amazon Prime is awesome. So I can date new Wednesdays for my movie and Reacher for my show of the week. All right, nice. Okay, so now it's my turn. Um, since we're talking about... Fuck, how did I forget his name? All right, there we go. Came back. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Things leave my mind so badly. I'm already... I'm, the old age just hit me so badly. Come on, old man. See, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be forgetting y'all's name now. Uh, uh, so to talk about Tom Cruise, I'm going to talk about an old movie. I It's a... It's a guilty pleasure of mine to watch from time to time, like once in a blue moon, is uh, War War of the Worlds 2005. Mm. I Gilbert. personally enjoy it, yeah. I personally enjoy it. It's such a you know, such a movie. I feel like a lot of people have seen it. This is more of a recommendation for the younger crowd who probably haven't seen it and maybe have never heard of it. But it's it's an intriguing movie and an intriguing take on aliens invading our world and like how, you know, and it, not only that, it also focuses on mainly the humans, how they're surviving and just it has that old school like follow camera, you know what I mean? Where it's like they're running, the cameraman's running, <laughs> you know, so so it, it's it's a good movie. I I thoroughly enjoy it uh, i know not i know a lot of people really don't like it and have no care for it but i think it's such a good just watch to see something intriguing um and for the show it's a new show on netflix called bloodhounds it's a korean show you guys know how much i love my asian films whether they're japanese chinese korean whatever uh i truly do like it uh, i'm not done with it yet but it's mainly about these two guys, you know, young guys in their 20s uh, who are, you know, training to be boxers. And one of the guys, uh, his mom takes out a loan from Loan Shark, uh, Loan Shark Company, you know, and uh, how, like, he's trying to get out of debt with them and, like, save his family and just sort of, you know, with his friend, uh, just end their, their corruption, uh, so I really like it. It's on Netflix. Really good watch. Um, so Bloodhounds for my show, and War of the Worlds for my movie. War of the Worlds is currently on uh Max. So yeah. Uh, all right. This is the point where everyone gets to one at a time plug their social medias and everything. So whoever wants to go first, you can. 
Um, I'll go first. You can find me on YouTube at Donning Vision, capital D, capital V. And you can find me on Instagram at all lowercase Donning Vision. And also check out um, my new YouTube channel, The Trivia Oasis. It's awesome, guys. It's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I'll go. Um, those guys you can find me um, on Instagram at the Young Jones, uh, Twitter as well. Uh, I'm doing more kind of like quick t- quick tweets out of the theater, which is Capri C A P R I underscore Sun S O N, like the juice box but with an O. Uh, um, and you can find also find my full review of No Hard Feelings and The Bear season two on our podcast page, as well as our YouTube channel. Hey, Moses, you're up. Yeah, um, uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Moses Lawi underscore. Um, and uh, you can find me on Vimeo, uh, Moses Lawi, you know. Um, and um, that's, uh, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it. I still don't have a site yet, of course, website or anything like that, um, where you can basically see most of my, you know, work and everything. But that will soon... Uh, be changed um, in uh, in a couple months or a month or so. So, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you want me to link uh, goals to our website, Moses? Huh? I can link. Uh, I can uh, link uh, goals to our website and social media if you like. Yeah, if you if you can, yeah, of course. Cool. Nick, you still over Donning Vision as well for you guys as well. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We appreciate well, you. Of course. All right. Uh, you can find my Instagram, my TikTok, and my Twitch at the OG Cuban Rican. It's you know you know how to spell that. Uh, yeah, the, there's where you can find me at. I stream as often as I can. I switch it uh, switch it up as much as I can. Recently, started playing Hogwarts and Apex again, but soon. Uh, new games will be coming out within, you know, next month, August and September. So you'll see me playing that uh, either by myself or with my homies. Uh, and if you want to get me a gift since it's my birthday pass, my cash app is. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me at the LG Cuban Rink and I everything. And I try uh, Twitch stream uh, a few times a week. So yeah, come through, follow chat with me, talk to me about movies, games, anything you really want. I'm always open for that. Uh, All right. Well, that's the end of our show. Thank you guys for coming again. And to the new people, thank you for, you know, coming through. Hopefully you guys have uh, liked, subscribed, and shared us with some of your homies uh, and family. Uh, We really do appreciate you guys coming on, uh, coming with us through, um, coming with us on this verbal journey of uh, our of our opinions and rants on movies tv shows and so on and so forth and hopefully you'll join us again for the next episode um, so thank you guys very much love y'all stay safe have a good night have a good day